It is party time, Mom. Welcome to another episode, a hump day episode, Wednesday episode of the Chad Prather Show. We are in the Mothership Studio 22 right here, Blaze TV. Have you gone to chadonblaze.com yet? we got fun stuff coming up. Chris, what's the status? Do we know? Have we heard our immunity cards? We've heard from the designer. Yeah. So for those who have missed it, you don't have to show a vaccine passport. We're going to come up with an I'm healthy card. You can and, just show that. And that's all thanks to the TikTok uh, lady. She, right. She's right. We need a healthy card. Exactly. I try to, I try to, you know, cut things out of my life. I, you know, I try to do a little bit, you know. Look, I'm 48 years old. I'm not, just, I don't, I'm not, I'm not as healthy as I was when I was 25. Chad, just embrace the dad bod. Girls love There's the dad nothing, bod. Girls do not love a dad bod. They, they do. do not, Chris. Girls do not love a dad bod. Let me tell you something. They love it. They say they love it because they don't have any other options, right? Because we're just fat slobs at this point. There's no woman sitting there laying in the bed with her husband, running her fingers through the hair on his back, going, oh, yeah. So I, I don't know what my wife was doing last night because he was doing exactly that. <laughs> It's <laughs> disgusting. I want to get off that topic. Hey, uh, come out and find me. Going to be all over the place. Go to watchchat.com for a show schedule. Starting to get a little lean because we're steady on the campaign trail. So go to prather2022.com. We're updating our event schedule there, and we're all over the place. Uh, Allison, everybody knows Allison. She texted me the other day, and she said, well, it's a light uh, it's a light campaign schedule this week. And I said, um, I'm doing eight events in five days. I don't, I don't know how light that is, crisscrossing the state. Uh, but need, needless to say, I'm sleeping in a different city every night this week. Um, and uh, I wish that was as exciting as it sounds, but it's really not. Uh, we got a lot of stuff to get into, man. Uh, all this stuff is going on. I, I've been touting this episode for a long time because it's something very near and dear to my heart. It's a conviction. It's a very important topic and we want to get into it. So our, our Texans are certainly going to want to listen very closely to what we're going to say on this episode. And I got a feeling this is going to be a big episode, Chris. A lot of folks are going to be interested. They're going to want to discuss it. They're going to want to debate it. They're going to want to dialogue. They're going to disagree with some of the things and that's okay. Uh, we're, we're, we're bold enough, strong enough and, and content in who we are as Texans to be able to have that conversation. And uh, we're going to be talking about this topic right here, Texit. Texan. I'm holding this book by my friend Daniel Miller. Um, it's You need to get a copy of this, and after this episode, you're really going to want to get a copy of it because we're going we're gonna to expose some things when it comes to uh, Texas sovereignty, Texas independent. Will Texas independence, will Texas leave the union? Ooh, a lot of people ask me about that, and uh, some love the answer, some hate it. That's okay. I love, the, I love having that conversation. We're going to have that conversation today some of you right now are going what's the name of the book it's called texit texas exit you can't forget that title texit by daniel miller you're going to want to get it and um, a lot of stuff to get into i'm excited to be a texan chris i know i know you have puerto rican roots and stuff and you feel a little ashamed when you walk around here but you're welcome you're welcome uh, what (laughs) i don't know what that means i don't know either i'm more proud than you are i was conceived in dallas Okay. I'm seminally a Texan. I'm from an island. (laughs) (laughs) Check your privilege, white boy. Yeah, I know. Yeah. You've been annexed into the union. That is true. Yeah. So I'm excited, though. Uh, It's a good day to be alive. It's a good day to be a Texan. And, uh, man, I still contend that Texas is the only state in the union with the size, leverage, economic power, 
just just the just the sheer ability to get Washington D.C. back on track. And let me tell you something: if you don't want to, you don't want to come along with us. Um, it's you might be on the losing team. So we're going to get into that when we come back. But before we do that, uh, making content is an essential part of what I do to keep this show going. But it hasn't always been a seamless, creative process. There's a lot of content that we create for this show, whether it's videos, social media posts, website stuff, those little thumbnails that you like to make fun of. Um, let me tell you something. Um, there's a lot of stuff that goes into sharing that type of content. And uh, you might not have that design skill level as a Chris Cruz has, uh, but ever since we found Canva Pro, you can design anything like a pro on any device. Canva Pro is a design platform that empowers you to create and share stunning content in just a few clicks. Uh, designing with Canva Pro is amazingly fast and fun. Choose from thousands of templates that are easy to customize or start from scratch. And I know there's a lot of folks out there, their kids, they, get, they ask me, they're like, how do we get involved and do more on social media? You need Canva Pro. It's going to help your product and your content look a lot better. Uh, it's never been easier. You can share, you can edit, you can comment in real life and in real time, Canva Pro helps you stay organized on the same page and on top of team projects. No more misplaced files or tedious back and forth. Plus, you and your teammates can unlock everything Canva Pro has to offer for just $12.99 a month. I want to tell you how to get it. Go to Canva, C-A-N-V-A, canva.me slash watchchad. They will give you a free 45-day extended trial. Go to canva.me slash watchchad. Get your 45-day extended trial, and trust me, you will be creating like a pro. We will be right back. You heard me talk about this book there in the first segment, uh, Texit. Texit is a, uh, it's a term that a lot of folks think they know what it means. Uh, but like many things in politics these days, people don't know what they think they know. Uh, and that's the situation, which is why I'm glad to welcome the author of this book, my friend Daniel Miller. Daniel, welcome to the show. Hey, Chad. Thanks. Good to have you, man. You're the president of the Texas Nationalist Movement. Man, that sounds like one of them crazy, crazy groups of wild mm -hmm. militia, oh, yeah. wild-eyed folks. That, that's that are, really what you think. It's like <laughs> really what you think. You know, now, now, you, now you sound, it's almost indistinguishable from mainstream media at Isn't this point. I mean, honestly, what did you, Don Lemon, what did you do with the real Chad? Exactly. You know, People, that's, I get that stuff all the time. Dude, I, I will tell you, we, we have gotten, initially we got a lot of grief over the name. Um, but we, we committed, before we founded the organization in 2005, we, we committed two years of study of international independence movements. You know, one of the stats that we talk about a lot is in the book. At the end of World War II, there were roughly 54 recognized, fully sovereign, independent nations around the world. That's mm -hmm. the end of World War II. By the end of the 20th century, there were 192. You know, they didn't fall from space. The earth didn't get any bigger. You know, they were people like us that wanted the right of self-government. So we did this exhaustive two-year study. And, and that's ultimately where the name came from. You know, you see some form of national or nationalist in, in the names of something like the Scottish National Party. Right. You know, one, one of those, you know, again, a, a political party dedicated primarily towards Scottish independence. So, you know, we, we were going to be different. And we said, look, we're, we're going to call ourselves what we are. We're not going to sugarcoat it. We're going to call it what we're going to call it like it is. 
And uh, we're not going to adopt the mainstream media narrative mm -hmm. that says that nationalism is a bad thing because if nationalism is love for one's country uh, and, and you know, this this seeking of political independence, then, you know, I, I don't I don't care if it makes them mad or not. That's irrelevant to me. Yeah. And I, they, I have people that I run into all the time and they want to. Where was I? I was at, a, at an event the other night. Some folks had moved here from, I was in Kerrville. Uh, there were about 500 people at this event. And there was a, a couple that was had moved here from California. Mm -hmm. And like so many, they were conservatives who were just trying to get away from the cesspool, which is California. Refugees. And they come in and they say, hey, you know, what What are your thoughts? And I start to say things. And they said, are you talking about Texas? And I said, well, let me ask you a question. Do you, you tell me what your definition of Texas is, mm -hmm. right? And by and large, people, they don't know. They, they, or they misinterpret what it means. Uh, and I get, and it's a great way to get into a conversation. I always encourage people, if you haven't read this book, <laughs> at least visit the website. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> and read some articles. Maybe don't debate so uh, vociferously. Uh, don't come at us quite so hard yeah. in that conversation. Uh, but I, I try to remind people, I said, constitutions have been rewritten for millennia. People have created new governments. Boundaries and borders have been redrawn. Right. This is not something new to humanity. So when somebody talks about Texas, how should they understand that phrase? I think that understanding the, the term Texas, I think the one thing people need to understand right off the bat is that it's not an act. Mm -hmm. It's a process of withdrawal from a political union, right? And and it's interesting because the, the term secession gets bandied about a lot, uh, particularly by people who want to try to harken back to the Civil War, yeah. right? They, The opposition loves to be stuck. They call us the backward ones, but they're the ones stuck in the 1800s. True. Right, so we've had... You know, we've had the entire 20th century where we saw this explosion of self-determination. Uh, we've seen it in advance, you know, even in the 21st century, 2014, Scottish independence referendum. We had the Brexit referendum. I mean, there are independence movements all around the world right now. So, you know, when people look at this, they think, well, Texas is just secession. It's like, no, that's not what it is. Because if it is secession, then that means that Texas has already lost and we have surrendered every scrap of sovereignty to Washington, D.C. And, and that's not where this is. When I open up my Texas Constitution right now, Article 1, Section 1 says, that it starts off with the words, Texas is a free and independent state. Mm -hmm. You know, the political establishment hasn't had an opportunity to go in there with a Sharpie and mark that out yet. And as long as our governing document says it, then it's the truth. Yeah. So people need to understand that Texas is the process of withdrawing from a political and economic union. This is not secession. It is Texans simply standing up and reclaiming that right of self-government guaranteed to us in our Texas Constitution. I had an event on Saturday, and I was having this conversation. There was a young man. I was wearing my uh, American Till Texas Secedes <laughs> shirt. I've got yeah. several of those. You know, i got a shirt that's got Texas on it. We've got several that we've, that we've had out. Um, it, I was wearing that, and this gentleman walks up to me, and he said, you know, love that, love, love the shirt you're wearing. We got into a conversation. And uh, he's 100% on board. Like He's, he's like, man, I, I, I should have worn my pen today. <laughs> I, like He was 100% on board, Texas right. Nationalist movement and uh, another gentleman walked up and of course they're always talking about well do you think we can turn this thing around like what are we going to do about washington dc and i said well do you want the the politically correct answer or do you want the honest answer right right because and so i started in and we were talking about this and, and he said 
Well, you know, back in 1865, yeah. we gave up the right. And I said, okay. Show me. Show me. And he goes, well, I know it's vague. I said, oh, it's not just vague. <laughs> it's non-existent. I, I, like, I don't see the. I, I said, have you ever read article, you mentioned article one, yeah. uh, section one of the Texas Constitution, and section two. Section two talks about, you know, if that government no longer represents you, you have the right to abolish that government, right? Right. Uh, and so the gentleman who had come up to me, who was a member of the Texas Nationalist Movement, of course, he spoke up and he said, we ain't about asking permission. <laughs> this is not a mother may I situation. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because yeah. you make a great point. To ask permission means that you're already at the feet of a tyrant. Well, it, it, you're not self-determining anymore. Not at all. Look, Article 1, Section 2 of the Texas Constitution says this. It says that all political power is inherent in the people. Right. It doesn't say that all political power is inherent in the politicians or the pollsters or the pundits or the propagandists masquerading as media, right? It's all political powers inherent in the people, and mm-hmm. it reserves that right to alter, reform, or abolish our government in such manner as we may think expedient. It is reserved to the people. So this is not a mother may I. The only people that have to be asked are the people of Texas. Right. We don't have to go bow and scrape. We don't have to get a permission slip from President Potato Head up there in Washington, <laughs> D.C., you know, or Nancy Pelosi. You know, we don't, we don't have to get a permission slip. We, the only people that have to uh, reassert our status as an independent nation are the people of Texas. I've consistently said, and correct me if I'm wrong here, I've said until Texas could truly, if you want America to get back on track, we have to leverage ourselves as Texans first, right? I, I love America. Look, I love America. Do I feel united with America anymore? Uh, well, do you? I mean, do you feel like you're united with California? Do you feel like you're united with Illinois? Do you feel like you're united with New York? Do you feel like yeah. you're united with your representative government, so-called? And I say that very tongue-in-cheek with air quotes. Do you feel united with Washington, D.C.? And everywhere I go, no matter who I talk to, people say, no, I don't, I don't feel united with them at all. Uh, I, I understand that sense of patriotism. And no matter which direction you come from, I, I always say that you cut somebody and they're going to bleed their version of red, white, and blue. But at some point in time, somebody's got to hold the feet to the fire and, and say, we're so far off track, can we right the ship anymore? I think Texas, if, if it were truly leveraging its power as a state and its sovereignty has a right to do that, but can we? Correct yeah. me if I'm wrong. Well, uh, look, here's the thing. We're really all sort of talking about two different things. Sure. When we talk about America, that is an, an idea, concept, a sort of almost esoteric thing with people. And, 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 I, and that's very different than the United States of America, which is a political and economic union represented by the Constitution and the government in Washington, D.C., those are two different things, mm-hmm. and, and I think everyone senses that. Um, I, I, there is a, a speech that Margaret Thatcher gave 35 years ago. Uh, it's called the Bruges speech, where she essentially, it, it was the shot over the bow that eventually ended in Brexit. Mm-hmm. And during the Bruges speech, she talked about how the United Kingdom, whether you know whether part of the, you know, the common market or not, would always be European by virtue of the geography, the you know some common history, some common bonds, some common bonds, 
they would always be European, but each individual nation state should have its own rules, its own character. <clears throat> well, amazingly enough, that's what the framers of the Constitution really wanted, the, you know, that founding generation. They wanted a, you know, those 13 independent states to have their independent character, to be self-governing, but to come together on very limited issues. So if we're talking about reclaiming America, we have to understand that reclaiming what we envision as America, those values, right. is a completely different animal than trying to fix the United States of America. And, and I mean, th think about it. You and I are, are roughly the same age, but any of the viewers out there that are even older than us, I know it's probably hard to imagine, right, that there are people out there older than us, but imagine this. Think about how many years, how many election cycles that they've sat through where they've been they've been given you know some false political messiah every election cycle who says that they are here to fix Washington D.C. Yeah. It's not fixable. It's institutionally broken. So as such, the the thing that all states need to be considering right now is what their relationship is one with another and with the federal government and if their state is being served. Now the good news is, <clears throat> if we had independent states. Uh, that were operating as independent nations of the world, there are ways that we can operate and work together outside of the construct of the, the U.S. Constitution and definitely away from the two and a half million unelected bureaucrats in Washington, D.C. <clears throat> Excuse me. And, and you see it happening around the world every single solitary day. People can work together, they can trade together, they can travel between one another's countries, they can defend one another, but they don't have to give their knee to some government of bureaucrats that they didn't elect shoving policies down their throats that they don't want. That is the future that Texas needs. So, and we're going to go to a break here in a minute, but, and, and I want to reiterate a couple of things you said, because I've voiced this many, many times mm -hmm. in regards to that. And I think that everybody listening or watching would, would under, bearing this under scrutiny, would agree that this is true. Most of the people watching this show or listening to this show, they don't feel like the 2020 election was valid. They felt like it was stolen. Uh, I don't think we've really had elections that weren't hampered or hindered with. I think we can prove it all the way back to the 60s. Yeah. Uh, and I, I think this is not a new thing. I think it's just becoming more and more prevalent. And we've, in a Pavlovian uh, ring the bell kind of way, we've just trusted what the media tells us. What big tech says to us now, what Washington, D.C. doles out. They think that we're stupid, and by, in many ways we are because we don't think critically. So if your election process is suspect, and they just did the audit in Arizona, and they came back and they said, ah, sorry, it was, it was valid, and people are going, wait, you found like 17,000 duplicate <laughs> ba ballots. Right. What, what do you mean it was valid? Um, nobody trusts in that process anymore. Yep. And what I keep reminding everybody, and I've said it till I'm blue in the face, is we don't have elected representatives anymore. We have appointees. Like I don't think I don't think Joe Biden was elected, right? So I think he's an appointee. He was the next guy in line for the good old boy club there at the country club. Mm -hmm. They had to fast track uh, the hiccup, which was Donald Trump. Uh, they expected to have eight years of Hillary Clinton and her progressivist. Uh, policies. Well, they didn't get that. So now they're fast tracking. That's why everything's moving so fast towards globalization, the weakening of a non-existent dollar and economy that's there. Um, the, the weakening of America in the eyes of the world. It's happening. We're a laughing stock at this point. And yet people want to stand up and say, uh, like, 
because because I have a whole line of stuff where and I put stuff out there seventeen seventy six bitches like I'm like you know like I want to go back to seventeen seventy six bitches because if we don't do that we're just a bunch of bitches and and people's like they don't understand and I explain it to them and I'm like yes it's derogatory because. I love America as it was founded. I love the idea of America. Right. I love the foundation documents of America. I love the founding father's intent of America. But what America has become is so far off track from any of that. And I want to get more perspective because when you say 2.5 million unelected bureaucrats, that's who's truly running our lives right now. And it's also happening at the state level. I want to get into that a little bit. But first, if I can find it. Bonner Private Wines. Go to cowboywines.com. You got to remember these guys down in Argentina. They've become our friends. Third highest uh, vineyard in the world, around 9,000 feet. They make this Malbec grapes, and it turns out into a 90 point wine down there. They're almost impossible to get in the U.S., but guess what? I keep bringing them to you, and I get you a deal on them because this stuff is grown in the Andes Mountain. It actually makes beef healthier, and it makes your barbecue better. Uh, the, the Argentina is under a lot of, lot of trouble. They've got, uh, folks that are burning down the vineyards. They're burning down these farms and these ranches, uh, is horrible, horrible deal. So we don't know how much longer we can get these wines. Uh, I encourage you go to cowboywines.com. And when you do, you don't have to have a promo code or anything else. They're going to get you 50% off. No promo code necessary. Just go to cowboywines.com get these small backs and i got a feeling that by the time i get to the end of this conversation my boy daniel miller here we're gonna need to pop open a bottle <laughs> of this stuff and have a drink go to cowboywines.com get it today we'll be right back So obviously, Daniel, you know I'm running for governor. I'm running. Uh, what? To, uh, yeah, I know. It's, it's brand, brand new, <laughs> brand new news. You know, people keep waiting on the punchline. There's no punchline. I'm actually out there uh, going bankrupt, killing myself, crisscrossing the state, doing this thing, trying to get a message out there. But I want to make sure that I'm giving people a message they can sink their teeth into. Right. I, so. You know, I always tell people, I say, we're grassroots, which is politispeak for being broke. Uh, but I don't want to give people politispeak. I, I want to tell them the truth, right? Um, you know, I'm not some bought out guy. I don't have some big donor base. I don't have special interest groups or anybody that's bought me out. And somebody asked me recently, they said, how do we know that you can't be bought out? And I said, because I'm having too much fun being politically incorrect. <laughs> I love being able to yeah. tell the truth. To me, the concept of Texit is something that it triggers people, but that doesn't bother me to trigger people, right? Yeah. Uh, people need to be triggered right now. And one of the things that I see that, that really bothers me, and, and alluding back to the point I made before we took a break, if Washington, D.C. Has, has entered into that um, level of acceptable corruption, our state governments are doing it too. We're seeing it on the state level in a, in a big way. Sure. We just had the 87th legislative session in the state of Texas, which was touted as being the most conservative legislative session in history. And it absolutely was not. Since the last legislative <laughs> since, session that no, they declared as the most conservative in history. Right? Yeah. And it's just one more lap to nowhere. Yeah. So how does how do how do we take the state back on the state level? Because if the if the corruption is in DC, it's also here. Yeah. And I know that it is because I've seen it. What do we do? 
Uh, well, look, what most people don't understand, and, and look, we, we obviously get this a lot because people don't want to be free of, a, you know, a dysfunctional government. They don't want to cure federal uh, electile dysfunction only to suffer, ele- suffer electile dysfunction in Austin. So we get the question a lot, and here's what it boils down to. People simply do not understand that so much of our government here and, and our politics here in Austin is driven by our relationship with the federal government. Right. You know, but for our membership in the union, things would be much different. Good, good example. So you go back to the 86 legislative session, you know, the one that was the most conservative in history prior uh, to today. to the <laughs> most conservative in history, right? Uh, you know, so we we did a we did a, a search. Uh, we looked at all the legislation filed in the 86th. Almost half of the legislation filed mentioned the federal government, a federal law, a federal regulation, federal money, or a federal court decision. So what that means is, is that half of the bills that were filed in our legislature were written, they came out of a pen from one of those two and a half million unelected bureaucrats Mm -hmm. or some K Street lobbyists in D.C. You know, so even here in Texas, we're the the influence from the federal side is so deep that it steers politics. I, I've said for a long time, I don't know the last time that Texans have been able to have a real policy discussion on any issue because the parameters are always set by the relationship with the federal government. I'll give you a good example. When Dan Patrick was in the state Senate, when he was a state senator before he was lieutenant governor, uh, th- you had State Representative David Simpson file mm-hmm. the bill to stop the TSA from uh, effectively sexually molesting women as they went through the airport check-ins. Uh, Simpson caught a lot of grief. Obama administration threatened to turn Texas into a no-fly zone. Right. right? We're not going to let any planes go. And, and so you would not expect Texas to back down on an issue like that. But yet, Dan Patrick, when he was a state senator, went up. He he basically said, "Okay, guys, I'm going to talk a lot of game, but I'm going to withdraw the bill." You know, and it, it's sort of that way with these politicians is because they are so tied to the federal government, aka lips firmly planted on the backside of the federal government, right? Then anytime they think that something may change that you know change their political fortunes, uh, they will acquiesce to the federal system. So. You know, you take an issue like that and understand that here in Texas, we could have had a legitimate debate about the role of airline security and national security and things of that nature. But we could not have that debate because it was framed by the federal government. And it was a discussion that we were not allowed to have. So I'm consistently telling people, and again, am I telling them right when I say what we want in the state of Texas is the ability to determine our own destiny, we want we want to we want to be able to determine our own legislation, and and by enlarge our own direction. Sure, I didn't wake up on September first and think, "Damn, I need six hundred sixty-six new laws in my life." But that's what I got. <laughs> that's right. I got more government. I got more restriction. I got more regulation. I got more things. Even the quote unquote constitutional carry law, which was passed, which wasn't isn't constitutional at all. Sure. Uh, is so watered down with so many amendments to it. Even that is like, it's still regulated. And there's so many restrictions that are there. People keep asking me my opinion on the Second Amendment. I said, well, for me, shall not be infringed to me, shall not be infringed. Yeah, but. And I said, well, there's no, 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 yeah, but. Right. Just shall not be infringed. And that's the point that I usually try to use to make with people. I want us to get government out of our lives to the degree that people can govern themselves, govern their families, raise their families, 
educate them without fear of socialism and Marxism being introduced in, into their lives and force-fed down their throats. Uh, make money, keep as much money as you make as possible, and maybe one day retire, enjoy the fruit of your labor, and, and raise your great, you know, play with your grandkids out there by the lake or something in the most glorious state on the planet, most glorious land on the planet, this place we call Texas. Ted, you, you just described Texas. Exactly. And, and, and we, I think as Texans, we have to understand that that dream, that, that way of life, it is, it's an existential crisis right now. Yeah. I mean, if we don't do something, if we stay in the union, we know what the trajectory is, right? We, they've already told us what, what the trajectory is. And what you just described is on the chopping block. And so as Texans, we're going to have to make a hard choice. Um, you know, Chad, I, I challenge people a lot when, when they are looking at this question of Texas. They may have a skeptical eye. I, I challenge them with this. I said, you know, if imagine right now if Texas was already a free, independent, self-governing nation, right? Just like any of those, you spin a globe and you put yeah. your finger on a Just like any of those people, right? We had control over our own border policy and immigration. We had our own military, our own currency, our own embassies. In, in every single respect, we were a self-governing, independent nation. Yeah. And instead of even talking about Texas, the question that was being put to us is whether or not we wanted to join the union. Knowing everything we know about the federal government and the direction of the union, would you vote to join? Right. And if you wouldn't vote to join, then why would you ever vote to stay? Right. So th this is why Texans in, in, in large numbers are, are embracing Texas as a solution, because they are looking around the world, green-eyed jealousy at everybody else who has the right of self-government. They're looking at the trajectory of the federal government and understanding that there is no fixing it. And they understand that when push comes to shove, Texans are going to be the ones that have to stand up for freedom and liberty and independence uh, in, in this day and this age. And this is why, folks, there is a target on the back of Texas. The Biden administration has a target. That's why the board. Why do you think Del Rio, Texas, is such a focal point right now? There is yeah. a target there. There's there's some specifics I want to get into. I think we got to take a break. I was always with this clock, Daniel. I know. It's always with this clock. Somebody asked me. They said, "Oh, you're going to have Dog the Bounty Hunter on. Why don't you stick to talking about Texas?" I'm like. Had him over ten minutes. You you don't even watch well, the, the show. Dog was in prison here, so it kind of counts, <laughs> yeah, right? There counts. is a nexus. It kind of counts. Yeah. But I, I even brought up and said, "Hey, we're gonna have Daniel Miller on Wednesday night. You for a whole forty five minutes. Like, do you want to? Are you gonna watch that? Uh -huh. She cares so much about Texas. I hope she's watching it. She's gonna go what Texas? I'm like, I love this. <laughs> uh, this is as Texas as it gets, folks. I don't know if you realize it, but this is as Texas as it gets. And we're gonna get us some details in a minute. Uh, I want to talk a minute to talk about body armor. I mean, why not? Uh, there's no denying that it has never been more important to protect your rights. And sadly, it seems things aren't going to get any better anytime soon. Uh, you may have even seen things you never imagined you'd see right in your own town. Look, being prepared these days, that's more than just keeping food on the table and gas in the car and a 72-hour grab-and-go bag. It's time you consider body armor. It's a way to keep your family safe and secure uh, during these troubled times. You might not know it, but body armor is legal in all 50 states. It's never been as affordable and easy to purchase as it is now. Our friends at AR500 Armor have made buying body armor easy, approachable, and affordable. And if you're unsure what type of armor, you don't know anything about that, you just need some pointers, they got you covered. AR500 Armor believes body armor should be accessible to anyone who wants to offer their family the protection they need and still have money left over for food. Don't wait until it's too late, folks. Ensure your family's protection. Go to ar500armor.com slash chat. When you visit ar500armor.com slash chat, 
you will find special ready-to-go bundles that they have built for our audience with discounts up to 50%. Uh, if you're new to Body Armor, AR500 Armor has you covered. They've got a dedicated page with ready-to-go loadouts based on whatever scenario you need. Folks, you don't want to miss out on this. they got great deals out there. Go to ar500armor.com slash chat. You can use, even use promo code C-H-A-D. I spell it Chad for another 20% off everything else in their store to ensure you're safe. Go there today. We'll be right back. You know, people don't, they underestimate the power that the governor has. Greg Abbott's never really stuck his neck out on the line for any piece of legislation. The only one that I can think of was preschool for all. And that was his wife's doing. Uh, he's certainly not going to support anything like Texas. Uh, and, the, you know, the bill's been written. The bill's been out there. Nobody wants to support something like that because the guy at the top doesn't want to support it. Oh. But, but the question is, and, and you know what? Hey, I support it. I believe in it. Uh, I put my money where my mouth is in that regard. I've gone on record talking about it. I've signed the petition. You can go to the website, uh, TNM, right? Yeah, it's TNM.me. Yeah, dot me. Everything's going to dot me. I want to forget that. TNM.me. Or TexitNow.org. You can. You just search it out. You're going to find it. You, you're going to find it. Go sign the petition. Uh, but what happens? Like, what happens to my Social Security? Don't you love getting that question? I mean, there's going to be, you want bloodshed? Did you do that on purpose? Because it, it literally, <laughs> I everywhere I go. I get it. I get stopped on the street. Well, what about my social security? It's like, so it's become a running joke, right? Yeah. So do, do, if you want the short answer, uh, I will tell you what it is. So look at what current federal law says. Federal law says if you are currently collecting federal pension benefits, you continue to collect them no matter where you you live, as long as you didn't move to Syria, Belarus, North Korea, Cuba, and like one other, like maybe Iran. I think right. maybe the other one, right? So you get those. If you pay in, then you know what the rest of the world handles it through Social Security totalization agreements. Yeah, people don't like my answer. It ain't social and it ain't secure. But but what you say True. is, I mean, look, my, mine is mine is the policy answer. For, for many years, I, yeah. I used to tell people, say, look, you got to understand, guys like me will probably never, never see, see Social it. Security. People our age will never see but, it. But here's the upside: what people need to understand fundamentally about the economic relationship between Texas and the United States. Texas overpays anywhere from 103 to 160 billion dollars annually. Okay, that's an overpayment, right? Uh, and and you'd be surprised at how many people I have to explain an overpayment to. That's money that comes out of our pockets, that goes to Washington D.C., takes a 40 percent haircut, and then comes back to us with strings attached. Right? That's how it works. And I hear that all the time. People say, "Well, we take too much money from Washington D.C. How would we ever?" Well, I'm gonna tell you what's like. Here, here's the analogy. It's like going to the doctor. The doctor pulling all the blood out of your body, spilling 40% of it on the floor, <laughs> pumping it back into your veins, and going, see, you wouldn't be alive without me. Yeah. I mean, that that's literally what it's like. It's crazy how that works. Well, it? you know, imagine for a moment, it, like, to, to the point that Texans have to pay extra taxes to the state government to cover matching funds for mandatory federal programs that we did not necessarily want. Mm -hmm. You know, some maybe we do, some maybe we don't. But we have to deal with federal inefficiency. So we're being taxed again for these programs, not to mention the tax that we pay, you know, the $12 billion unspoken tax that we have to pay for, you know, the cost of illegal immigration. Um, you know, it just it goes on and on and on, and it's just this giant sucking sound. Yeah. So much so that I had a state rep tell me one time, he said, because of the federal government, 
the state legislature is, is has been relegated to we can pass laws to educate, medicate, and incarcerate, mm. and there the list ends. Yeah, and, and you bring this up to certain gubernatorial candidates and some of them who have gone on record of saying, yeah, We'll take a look at this thing, but like I don't know, we've been pressured enough yet. I mean, how much more pressure can what, you take? What, what more? What more does it? I mean, do, do you have to have them come kick in your door? Right. To take to take your guns? I mean, are they gonna are they gonna send your grandparents off to the glue factory? I mean that because that that's literally the situation that we're at, where the government is mandating health choices and health decisions on who gets care, who doesn't. Who lives? Who dies? And not to mention this passage of the of the bill the other day in the House, where what 130 something Republicans voted for the red flag laws to uh, the potential confiscation of firearms from military members. Well, they they voted they voted to send my daughter. Yeah. In, in a draft. In the right? draft. They they voted to draft my daughter, and, and I'll echo the sentiments of Chip Roy over my dead body. Yeah. You know, my daughter's a student in college right now. Yeah, you know they pull her lottery number. Uh, guess what? I said to Chip Roy at dinner. Yeah, last week I said, "Come and take her." Yeah, I got three of them. Bring it. Y- it ain't gonna happen. Well, you got to understand though. You know, for for some of our elected officials at the state level, uh, "come and take it" is a sur- is surrender terms. <laughs> right. Right. Not an act of defiance. Right. Uh, you know, just do, do we need to talk about the border in Del Rio or the fact that we have a governor right now that that was more. Um, I, I guess more passionate about defending Chick Fil A at the San Antonio airport than he was about defending the Alamo from George P. Bush's reimagined plan and the Marxists in the city of San Antonio. And wants to continually shift the blame to the federal government that the problem at the southern border is the Biden administration mm-hmm. when he has the ability to do these things. You know, he, he was on yeah. there Sunday on the news saying, "Well, we we can if, if they fire border patrol agents, I'll hire them." Why? You're not going to send them to the border. <laughs> yeah, you're already not. You're already not doing anything. Have, to you'll have them. Writing tickets a hundred miles uh, from the border, you know. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah. it, this is insane. It is insane. Yeah. And I know the the big question that people are going to say: Well, are you advocating for a civil war? I mean, are you wanting yeah. you 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 traitor, you secessionist, you want bloodshed? Yeah, I, man, I, I'm going to tell you what. I, I it, it it really hurts my heart to turn on the news every night and look at that big civil war that happened over there when the UK pulled away from Europe. You know, There's a lot of celebrating in pubs. Uh, there was a lot. Uh, there was a lot of celebrating in the Miller household too. Just throwing <laughs> that out there. But you know that that's the thing about it. You know, the, those the opposition is so stuck in the 1800s. You know, you want to talk about anachronistic and backwards. Uh, you know, again, the progressive label or the backwards guys, right? But you know, here, here's what it boils down to. What we have seen over the last 75 to 80 years is we have seen time and time again separation like we're talking about, withdrawal from unions, being the solution to violence. You know, you, you want violence, you know, then what you do is you force people to stay together that cannot be governed under one framework, yeah. that have two vastly disparate worldviews. Right. That's that's how you make violence happen. You turn it into a pressure cooker. And and look, I'm not entirely convinced that there aren't people on that other side, that that is their their end game. Right. Mm -hmm. But for us, we've always pursued the peaceful political process. And so you have to ask yourself, you know, when people talk about civil war, you have to ask yourself this question. Well, if all we're doing is we're having a very public debate on the issue of Texas independence, we're putting it to a free, fair, and full vote of the Texas people. 
to determine what they want, you know, in accordance with Article One, Section Two. Yeah. And there exists no constitutional or federal prohibition against it. Then exactly what would they be attacking us for? Yeah. What, what would the uh, because we voted wrong? They're going to come bomb Walmart in Houston, right? right. They're going to come kill Grandma because you know. Well, we already know that we're dealing with uh, leftist, wokest progressives that care more about feelings than they do about the Constitution, sure. anyway. Uh, they, they'll protect your feelings more than they will. So I'm not too worried about their aggression. Well, my, my guess is is that they probably wouldn't even be able to find Texas if they can't figure out which bathroom to go to. <laughs> That's right? true. Yeah. That's true. I've always said, Beto O'Rourke, hell yeah, I'm going to come for your guns, your AR-15, your AR-15. There's a lot of things Beto can't find, I'm sure, uh, <laughs> much less my rifles. So, you know, take a minute. How do people yeah. get involved? What do they need to know? And what are the final thoughts? What do we need to know? Yeah, okay. So so here it is right now. Right now, the organization is using a little-known section of the Texas Election Code to force the Texas question on the primary ballot in 2022. Right. right? So uh, what we're encouraging everyone to do is go to our website at texitpetition.com, find one of our petition circulators, sign the petition, we get it across the threshold, then what happens in the primaries when your name will be on the ballot is people will be able to scroll and there will be the question, should Texas reassert its status as an independent nation? Now, it's non-binding, but we're giving the people of Texas the choice that the legislature denied them when Biederman filed House Bill 1359. So I would encourage people, if they have, you know, if they want to know more about the petition campaign, go to texpetition.com. From there, explore everything we have on the website. You can find out more in the Texit book. Uh, but, you know, where, where we need people right now is we need people out there organizing and getting ready. It's not enough for us to get the vote on Texas independence. We have to win the vote on Texas independence. Yeah. This is politics, folks. This is what it looks like. This is mm-hmm. what freedom looks like. This is how people become liberated. Uh, this is what... This is how you fight t- tyranny, quite honestly. It's more than just getting on social media and f- and spouting off things that you've learned as a political science expert uh, through Facebook. Uh, this is getting involved. This is where it's at. So go to texitpetition.com. Uh, do what I did. I signed up. I signed the petition. I'm right there. Um, and get the hold of this book, Texit, by Daniel Miller. You can get it on Amazon. Get it all. Just search it out. You know how to do it. <laughs> Same way you went and bought my book. And if you haven't done that, well, get them both. Get a bundle deal, right? I'll talk to you about the woke left, and you, and we'll talk about how to be an independent <laughs> nation as well. Uh, I love this state. I really do. We're not quite done. Y'all hang tight. We're going to have some final thoughts when we come back. Politicians will never let a crisis go to waste. We have been invaded. The crisis is being used by Republicans as a photo op by the Democrats to expand their voting base. More than 85% of everybody reaching the border is coming in. That's the definition of an open border. Just down the road, you can get in no problem, no Humvees, no armed guards. What people don't realize is there's a way around everything. The Blaze Originals team traveled to the Texas border, ground zero of the most controversial news story of 2024. With some experts estimating over 4 million border crossings in 2023 alone, we embedded with the Take Our Border Back convoy to investigate. What if the entire narrative you thought you knew was a lie? 
Go watch the real story of Texas versus the feds and how the elites use the border crisis against us by visiting realbordercrisis.com and use code TEXAS for $30 off an annual subscription to Blaze TV. Daniel, we could talk about this for hours. Truth. And you know what? We're not done talking about it. We're going to keep talking about yeah. it. And um, you're always welcome on here. And uh, my platform is your platform, and we're going to keep promoting stuff out there. You know, I, I still go back 25 years ago. I was on a hunting trip to Texas, living in Georgia, where I grew up at the time. And, and I said to a friend of mine, I said, man, you Texans, y'all would rather be Texans than Americans. He goes, don't push it. Yeah. <laughs> and, I, and absolutely, once you realize the spirit of Texas, it, it resides in some people. Whether they know it or not, you come here and it's just like, I always say the spirit of Texas, it's not taught, it's caught. Yeah. You either get it or, or you don't. And uh, people are starting to wake up to that. And, and I want us to keep a tenable future for Texas. It's a great legacy. And uh, Texas just may be the way we need to go. Get the book. Hey, uh, a review. Let's do that. Uh, Moose Man, 589, only five stars. Chad, hit a brother up if you need a chair filled. Just a Yankee father of four trying not to raise liberals. Bam. Well, you're my kind of guy right there. Thank you for the five-star rating. Go to where podcasts are offered, specifically over on Apple Podcasts. Yeah, I know. You don't want to go to Apple anything, but just go over there. Five-star rating. Just do it. Five-star rating and, and leave a review. It helps us in the rankings. And share the absolute mess out of this episode. Uh, trigger your family members, trigger the Texans around. Let's get people talking about this thing because I love independence and I love freedom, man. And it's, it's worth everything we got in this fight. Daniel, thanks for coming on the show. Hey, thanks for one more, Chad. one more time. The website. Yes. They can go right now to texitnow.org. All right. There it is. We love you. God bless you. We'll see you on a free for all Thursday tomorrow night. Take care of yourselves. Bye. <laughs>